to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, our brother, and our friend. Amen. So, what would you say is one of the best things about being part of a community? It's one of the best things about being part of a community, whether it's a, a neighborhood, whether it's a place maybe you work, whether it's, uh, well, I don't see any school age here other than one very little one, uh, whether it's uh, your neighborhood, what's some of the best things that you believe there is about being part of a community? And actually, I do want answers. This isn't just rhetorical. What are some of the best things about being part of a community? Okay, being in that sense of community together, all right. Trust, people you know that will be there for you, all right. Friends, people you can laugh with, share with, enjoy, all right. Being present for each other, helping each other, supporting each other, okay. Accountability, that's one we often kind of hesitate at, right, but you know, we know ourselves, so when we're honest, we are more apt to that, but certainly it is one of the reasons we're given to each other. Anyone else? The value, the development of relationships, uh, and that go maybe beyond, you know, the initial reason we first came together, whatever that commonness or purpose was, that it often can develop beyond that. As I'm listening to uh, these suggestions and uh, beliefs that you are offering about, you know, the best things about being part of community, uh, what begins to stand out to me here, you know, are, you know, that every one of these has to do with us not being alone. We in community, we in, you know, those relationships together, there we find support, there we find safety, there we find love, there we try and find true lasting friendship, there we can find people that we can just count on and be encouraged by, and likewise for us to be doing these things back to them. And I think each of us this morning, we can relate and understand how important this is. And I believe one of the reasons that we are able to do that is because there are times in our lives and maybe in some ways we are there right now where we understand or we miss the presence of such community, such uh, friends, such family. You know, life seems best when we have someone who is there, someone who is present with us in what we are experiencing, what we are doing what we are going through. Life is best when there is someone who cares about you and that you can care for as well. Life at times seems best when you know that there is someone that you can rely upon who's going to be there when you need to call them at 10 p.m. or 1 a.m. or whenever it is. Life is great when there is someone there to help you and for you to help as well. But many people are lonely. Cigna Health Insurance in 2018 did a survey of its 
insured and found that a majority, and it was in excess of 70% of the respondents, said that they were feeling alone. They felt left out. They felt that they weren't even known or recognized by others. Over 70%. Even famous and rich and popular people, you know, they too, you know, deal with this reality also of being alone. Everybody here knows Elvis Presley. Known and loved by millions, but one time when he was being interviewed, he was asked this question, Mr. Presley, how do you account for the happy, joyous expression you always seem to have on your face? And Elvis answered that, and I quote, because I have to. In order to make a living and do what I do, inside I'm lonely as hell. And he's not the only one. You can go around all day wearing a, a, a fake smile and be surrounded by hundreds of people who are right there beside you and yet inside still be as lonely as Elvis. For many of us, we've seen how it seems today that it's harder to make good friends, especially for teens and young people. You know what they say today? That the hardest period of time in someone's life today is their freshman year of college. Why? All the pressures that was, were on them by their parents and their teachers and whoever else to, to succeed and finally get there, and now they're there, and not only do they still have those pressures that are coming on them, but many of them, they're facing it on their own. Mom and dad aren't around saying, well, did you do your assignment? And how'd that test go? And everything else. And not only that, but just think about the electronic devices that are a, you know, another appendage to their bodies. Many have not developed the kind of social, human, uh, community skills that you and I maybe did. But I'm not only talking about young people. The fact is we all recognize that today it's harder for us to make good friends. We've heard and seen about struggles, about people not being there. We wish that you know, there was someone we could count on, someone who could walk with us through life's hurts, life messes, life joys. But it's not supposed to be this way not supposed to be this way where we find ourselves far too often separated from or seemingly on our own. We were made to be in relationship, first with God himself. Isn't that a, a beautiful thing to picture, but I think sometimes we go rushing past it. You know, it, it's so um, sometimes that I'm not worthy and we're subservient and I'm just here to serve him. But do you know the number one reason he first put you and me here was to be in relationship with us? To love you, to walk with you, to be with you. 
And do you realize that even in our sinful condition, it didn't change God's heart, it didn't change his way of viewing us as his children whom he wanted to be in relationship with? God's word even says to us, it's not good that man, that humans are alone. And so he gave us also then, not only himself, but he gave us to each other in marriage, in families, in friendship, in community. We are made to be here for each other, to support one another, to be in relationship and to love each other. I love the fact of the variety of ministries, activities, and places for us to get connected in church. Listen, I know that our primary place of gathering is in worship, but I want you to understand how important it is the time before worship, the time after worship, the time that we spend together, whether it's in you know, a celebration and a festival like Oktoberfest last week, whether it's being in some other setting, how important these things are. We're not meant to be alone. I love the imagery that God gave us about the relationships we were given. You know, when he talks about how a man and woman, literally in the Hebrew, the imagery is being yoked together. Sometimes I get young couples when I take them through that Genesis text about there was not a suitable helpmate and God gave him a woman and they were yoked together and I say, you know, it's like two beasts of burden and I had one guy say, what are you doing, calling my fiancé a cow? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I am saying that you are going to be bound together. When you watch those two animals yoked together and one is weak or one is sick or one is even hurt, that yoke literally holds up the other one, and vice versa. And I've been there. You know, in the first year of our marriage, I was laid off twice by the state of Texas, the Department of Human Services, in the midst of the oil crisis in the middle 1980s. And Martha was there beside me saying, it's okay, we're going to make it. We'll figure it out. You'll get a new job. She's been there when at times I've felt attacked or uncertain about things, holding me up. When in 2009, after a year and a half of being here, and she was laid off from her teaching position at St. John Lutheran, or, or when her health began to you know, uh, go out of control at times, likewise, I was there for her. We, my friends, are given to each other to share the load. And I love the account in Exodus chapter 17 uh, of God's people uh, uh, being in battle, working towards entering into the promised land. And listen to a few of these words from Exodus 17. So Joshua fought the Amalekite army as Moses had ordered. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. And as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And when Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone, they put it under him, and he sat on it. 
Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. Let me help you to understand what's really going on here. Would you please stand up? Would you put your hands up? Everyone? All right. Now, first of all, you're all Lutheran Pentecostals, all right? You didn't know there was such a thing, but I just found them, all right? By the way, that is a biblical thing about lifting up holy hands in prayer. But uh, just consider this, holding up our hands. Now, as we are doing this, it's probably not taking very long. Yeah, even little Madeline has her hands up too, all right? But I bet some of you already are feeling a little bit of a tingle in the end of your fingers. Some of you probably already are feeling a little bit tired. One of you have your arms cockeyed, Bill. Come on, don't, don't take a cheek. Get those hands up there. Come on now. All right? And after a while, you're like, Pastor, this is getting tiring. Can't we put them down? And here's my answer. No. <laughs> now picture what was happening here with um, Moses and Aaron and her. As long as he held up his hands, going before the throne of God's grace, they were winning. But when his hands grew tired and they began to come down, what happened? They started to lose the battle. Alongside of him comes Aaron and her, and one holds one hand and one the other. Now I see, yeah, I see a few of you already doing it, so I'm going to give you a break. No, don't put them down. No, no, no. Take hold of the hands to the people next to you. Cross the aisle. If you're across an aisle for somebody, slide over there. Take hands. Hold on to each other's hands. Reach out. Now just by doing that, there you go. We're getting better here. Just by doing this right away, I bet you felt the pressure like, oh, that's better. And it is. Because what I want you to picture is this is how we are given to each other. Not to just, you know, well, I'm here, call me if you need me. No, to literally, physically, tangibly be present for each other. Hold one another up. All right, put them down. Have a seat. Life is like that, isn't it? You know, we're going through something that may be, you know, um, a, a time of challenge, a time of attack, a time of physical sickness, a time of loss, a time of uncertainty, and it grows tiring. But we are not meant to go and walk through these things and times alone. We are given to each other other. The truth is we're meant to be community. We're meant to be in relationship first and foremost with the Lord, but also with each other. Jesus says in our reading from John, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. And then in verse 15, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my Father I have made known to you. And it's not always just in Jesus' direct words. At times, it's actually just in his actions. He teaches us the value of being in community, being connected to each other. My friends, even though we have failed at living in relationship with our Creator and our Lord each day, He doesn't give up on us, and He still pursues us. 
He restores us. He forgives us so that we can continue to enjoy that relationship with him here and now and for eternity. I'd like you to consider these words, these words of hope. Because I have a feeling in various ways, many of us or those that we are around and love are feeling lonely. And that seems often very strange to me. When we live in, in a place and we live often, you know, uh, our lives out, when we are surrounded by hundreds of people, and yet people are still lonely. In fact, you can feel lonely among people who you love because they may not understand what you're going through, or at least not fully, but there is someone who understands completely. He knows your thoughts, he knows your needs, he feels your emotions, he longs for you to know that he is with you and for you. So take comfort in these promises. Psalm 46, the Lord is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. There are so many situations that can leave us feeling alone, feeling isolated, feeling forgotten or rejected, but God is there. He is indeed that ever-present help at all times. Or in Matthew 28, the Lord himself says, I am with you always to the very end of the age. My friends, God remains God. He remains loving, he remains compassionate, he remains faithful. He is there for you and me with open arms, ready to take hold of our hands. He says in Deuteronomy 31, Be strong and courageous for the Lord your God. He is the one who goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. I love the imagery that God is on my team that I know who's here beside me, holding, you know, arm in arm with me, walking through whatever I'm going through, and he will never leave me. Lamentations chapter 3, one of my favorite verses, uh, sections of Scripture, says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. My friends, our God is so faithful that you and I can depend on him no matter what we are going through, no matter how alone we may feel we are. He is there. He understands. He hears our prayers. He comes to us. Lastly, Isaiah 41. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. I bet if I asked every one of us can remember a time in childhood when you would hold the hand of your friend, whether you were walking together, whether you were running across the playground, Why'd we do it? Well, I think it was maybe a simple expression of our friendship, 
but I think it also went further. I think it reminded us that indeed, you're not alone. I'm here with you. Whether we are laughing or whether we are crying, I'm there with you. And so our God is with us. Today, how great to remember that he takes hold of your hand. He walks with us. And sometimes it's literally we experience his presence and the Lord doing that for us. At other times, though, it's through the person sitting next to you. It's through the person in, you know, whatever group you're in. It's through that neighbor. It's through a loved one. All of those things speak to us. We're not meant to be alone. It's why we are given the very body of Christ, the communion of saints, the believers that we get to walk through this life with. We are given to one another as fellow believers. And more than just saying, yeah, I believe like you believe, but I'm here for you and you're here for me. This is why the Lord modeled life lived together with his disciples. It is why the Lord revealed in Acts chapter 2, that other reading for today, his plan of community. Gathering together, In prayer, around the apostles' teaching, breaking bread together, sharing together. You get the picture? It's what happens uh, in small group Bible studies. It's what happens if you're part of a a ministry team that you are gathering regularly together with around prayer, around the word, around that fellowship. This is how it's meant to be. We're not meant to be alone. Now, if you're about ready to leave here and to say, you know, that was nice, that was true, Pastor, and that's where it ends, then I'm going to have to say it's not a very good Lutheran sermon. Because you and I should be asking ourselves now, what does this mean to me? Where are you connected with three or four or five, you know, believers in Christ that you get to walk through life with? Where are you serving them? And where are you connected so that they can serve, love, support, and uphold you? It is why we are a church committed to having a diversity and variety of ministries and activities because they are a place of community. It's not about activities. It's about community. It's about friendship. It's about impacting one another's lives. It's about experiencing Christ's love, sharing Christ's love. We're in the process right now of raising up some new small groups. I already have another six people ready to be trained for small group leaders in January. How about you? But Don't miss the opportunity. Don't miss the blessing of God confirming again in your life, no matter where you are, what stage you are, what you're in, that we're not meant to be alone. He is there with you, and he gives you to each other. To his name we give all glory. Amen. Now may the peace that